Hey, I'm Brett Podolsky, co-founder of The Farmer's Dog. We make fresh food for dogs. We started the company when we saw what a huge difference it made in my own dog, Jada, when she stopped eating ultra-processed kibble and started eating fresh, whole food. The Farmer's Dog food isn't fancy. It's just real food delivered to your door in pre-portioned packs. It's better for them and easier for you. Get 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. That's thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. In the fast-paced world of attacking, speed is everything. And that's where the Furon 7 Plus shines. Engineered for accuracy and precision at a rapid pace, it's your secret weapon on the pitch. Experience overall comfort and precise striking, even in the game's fastest moments. The nylon outsole with its V-shaped stud configuration is designed for firm ground, giving you the grip you need to outmaneuver your opponents. Step up your attacking game and learn more and purchase the Furon at NewBalance.com. August 15th, I hope it is. That's great. The year is 2023. I'm confident in that. I'm also confident that we have a great show for you today. The dynamic duo of Mark Porter and Bill Curlick will be here. But first, as you can see on the scroll, for those of you tuned in live, this show is sponsored by Manscaped.com, the ultimate leader and the standard in male grooming products. We've told you here before, we are all clients. We are thrilled that they sent us an example of the product. My son, as I said, was saving up money for college to get all groomed up, and now he's all good. My wife sent me a picture from a store the other day. You can buy the whole Manscaped package for 100 bucks. That is an amazing deal. And if you add that into what we got on here, go to manscaped.com and use the code BUCKNUTS. For 20% off and free shipping, we're essentially handing you a check for about $30 here. If you were going to buy Manscaped, it runs you about, what, $100 in the store, maybe $110 with shipping. Here you get a 20% off, no shipping. We're essentially, like I said, handing you $30 in cash right here. Not only infotainment on the Bucknuts Morning 5, $30 in cash basically handed to you, 20% off. Unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped. The scroll here today, if you're watching, will have the deal, so take advantage. Now let's bring in our guys. The great Bill Curlick and the great Mark Porter are here. As you can see, they were here and ready to go. I was late. They're ready. This weekend is the first Friday in Ohio. Uh, we will light some candles. We will say some prayers, and we will enjoy the fact that Every single weekend from here until further than I can comprehend will have some form of football in it. And given the way the Mac and the NFL have done it, we got football four or five days a week at times. All is good with the world. Gentlemen, things are good. Let's start, Bill, with, as we were just discussing, St. Louis wide receiver Jeremiah McClellan committed to Ohio State over the weekend. Now, his, his recruitment lasted 
for a while, Bill. I'm not sure it's a record for longest crystal ball rolled and being accurate from you, but it's close. One thing we do know for sure, every family in the country should get a copy of Jeremiah McClellan's commitment and use that as the template for how to make an announcement. Get on there, get tight, get your announcement, and get off. Every recruiting writer covering the event was thrilled with that, Bill. Tell us what we got. I heard some people say, oh, this guy's not as accelerated a prospect as Mylon Graham or Jeremiah Smith. If you know anything about Jeremiah McClellan, this guy, this is not a naive family. They knew what they were getting themselves into. They know the opportunity that lies in front of them with an Ohio State wide receiver offer and commitment. Bill, what are they getting? Well, first I have to go back. Maybe one of my longest uh, lasting crystal ball picks that ended up being a one-time pick and picking a high state had to be Aaron Scott, actually. Uh, that one was really early. I, <laughs> I might have almost picked him to Ohio State before Ohio State offered him a scholarship. Is Maurice Douglas, the coach there, told me this guy is a great one. And uh, I went down and saw him play. He did not have an Ohio State offer at that time. But uh, Maurice Douglas was exactly right. He said, this is my next great one. And he turned out to be a great one, ended up uh, at Ohio State uh, as a Buckeye commitment. So, uh, But as far as Jeremiah McClellan, uh, I guess basically I, I would start by saying he is really good. I mean, you know, he's the top 100 overall prospect, and maybe he gets a little overshadowed because they had two five-star wide receivers in the class. But Jeremiah McClellan can absolutely play. And you know, like you, you said, Dan, that was to me, as I thought about how he did his commitment ceremony, it's kind of the template of how it should be done. His, his dad started it off, was all business. They talked a little bit about the family. It was just basically really well done. Not a lot of frivolous stuff. Uh, just, you know, here is what I'm thankful for. Here's why I'm making my pick and boom. He makes the pick and he's a Buckeye. And you and I both agreed, you know, we separately talked, you know, watched it and talked about it and everything. And just really well done. An excellent job by the McClellan family. Yeah. Like I said, um, you're going to hear stuff about him said a little differently just because he's not as highly rated as the other guys. And we've seen some of the back end guys, the guys, the receivers, not as highly rated transfer out. Jeremiah McClellan is coming here to make an impact. Um, like I said, that family is not naive about football. Watch, listen to his dad talk. Um, and you can tell, and he said he thanked his dad for a lot of the coaching. His dad looks like he could probably give you a couple snaps at fullback right now. Mark, you did a, uh, an evaluation a little while back because we've been on him for so long. What are your thoughts on the receiver as a player on the field? Yeah, to make it easy for the Buckeyes fans, if you think about uh, Curtis Samuel or Paris Campbell, that's pretty much what you're getting is that slot type of receiver that's got a little running back to him when he gets the ball in his hands. He's slippery. Uh, he's got some punt return, kick return stuff to him. Uh, he's one of those guys you get the ball to in space, bubble screens, uh, short passes, and let him do all the work. But he'll fit in nicely as another like uh, tool in the uh, the belt of the you know offensive coordinator all these different weapons and ways to attack defense. He just brings another, you know, way of doing it. But he is very impressive on his high school tape. Uh, I can't wait to see how that translates to the college football field. But think Curtis Samuel, Paris Campbell. 
it almost is like if you have Jeremiah Smith, Mylon Graham, and Jeremiah McClellan out there, they fit together beautifully. You've got the, you know, the go-to number one, then you've got kind of the Mylon Graham's the slippery Garrett Wilson type, and then you've got the guy in the slot. So it makes sense to me when you're looking at this that Brian Hartline got the guys he wanted. Shocker. He did some great recruitment there. We will go ahead. And when you when you talk about building a wide receiver room, I've had college coaches say, you know, there's these five nine, 170 pound guys that fly that are maybe the fastest guys in the country, but you don't build your whole room with them. You don't have seven five nine guys. And that is same with the six four guy, six four, 220 pounds, 200 pounds. Boy, we love receivers like that, but you don't want to have seven of them in your receiver room. So as you build a receiver room, you got to be very careful not to keep duplicating the same type too many times so if you have a wide variety you have all the different skill sets and all the different uh, ways to attack defenses so I think what you just said it, it kind of popped in my mind I've heard many coaches build their own line room build their running back room you know build their receiver room so it's a complete room and we have said this before and it's getting redundant and it's getting even more excellent but years from now when you're looking in the history books and reading about this time in recruiting you're going to read about Brian Hartline and what he did at the wide receiver position. It is unprecedented and it shows no signs of slowing down. Anyone who, see, who sees a light at the end of the tunnel for the other schools recruiting against Ohio State at wide receiver, that's a freight train called the Hartline Express and it's coming right for you. All right, Bill, uh, you did an article recently about the running back rotation and how they're going to reset that going forward on the recruiting trail. And we also talked a little bit before the show as finishing off the class, who they're still looking for on offense, pretty much done, and who they're looking for on defense. Quickly give us a review before we move on to some great questions from the fans. Well, Ohio State, uh, some people wondered when uh, a year or so ago that uh, they didn't sign a running back and wonder what is going on. Well, Tony Alford has come back and he said, here's exactly what's going on. He, line, he lands three running backs for 2024, uh, including James People, basically a top 100 overall prospect, James Peoples from Texas. Jordan Lyle, who I think is really underrated. I mean, Me too. The, the kid is dynamic. He's a home run waiting to happen. Uh, picked Ohio State over a list of offers that include, included Georgia, Florida State, you know, the who, Florida, the who's who. He had all the offers, and he picked Ohio State. Uh, then you've got Sam Williams-Dixon, kind of the multi-purpose uh, running back. So uh, he brought in those three guys. And then if you look ahead to 2025, he's got a – Tony Alford's got a high state really well positioned for 2025. You know, obviously it helps that – there's two Ohio running backs that he's already offered that are really good. Bo Jackson, you know, has a tremendous potential. Just got to keep him on the field, uh, not injured and, and so on. He had a little injury problem a little bit his uh, last season, his sophomore season, but he's a really talented kid. And Marquise Davis from Cleveland Heights, who originally was at Cleveland Glenville, another really talented kid. So we've offered, he's offered those two kids and they both, are very high on Ohio State. They both like Ohio State a lot. Um, then you go out of state. And I, I in my article, I, I mentioned, I don't know, probably 
five or six other out-of-state kids that Ohio State has a very realistic shot at landing. And one of them in particular I want to mention, well, one of them is uh, Gideon Davison from, or not Gideon Davison, uh, Jordan Davison from California, one of the top uh, two or three running backs in the country, visited Ohio State this summer, had a great time on his own dime, and has Ohio State very high on his list. But a guy that I think is not getting quite enough attention that uh, really likes Ohio State a lot is um, Donovan um, Donovan uh, Jackson from um, uh, IMG. And he is a really talented kid. Um, yeah, I, I think that uh, not enough people are talking about Donovan as being a guy that likes Ohio State a lot and could end up at Ohio State. It's an impressive setup there. Um, you know, running back is an interesting spot. We, we talk – it's become like the national uh, discussion in football given the way the NFL has devalued running backs, et cetera. But uh, if you want to know if running backs are devalued or not, watch the national semifinals. Ohio State was down to, what, its fifth running back? And uh, – that confidence, that little twinkle in Ryan Day's eye when he talks about the running back room now, um, as opposed to last year, you can tell he feels very comfortable about that. Mark, you know, let's turn this back to your wheelhouse here. Tell me how you think Bo Jackson and Marquise Davis compare nationally. You've done reviews of Lyle and the other guys they have committed. Do you think these Ohioans fit on the national scale in terms of Ohio State's recruiting? Uh, I definitely do. Uh, Bo Jackson is a big kid. Like he's a physically imposing kid. Uh, that's why you hear about him on defense. He looks like a linebacker. Or he's got that bigger build to him. So, you know, running backs of that size aren't common. And he's a power runner, a speed runner, so he fits the bill. Uh, and Marquise Davis has the speed to run with anybody in the country. So, yeah, uh, that's the number one quality of a running back is if uh, we block you a hole and it's open, can you kick it out the other side and run away from people? And that makes football really simple when you can do that. And he has that trait. So on a national level, those guys fit right in. You know, I don't see every national running back and I don't know the depth of every class. So I don't, you know, talk nationally where guys fit in, but there's no doubt those guys are. And you know, I could talk historically when you go back in classes, how do they rate compared to other guys, Jordan Marshall, Samuel Williams, Dixon, and they're in the same ballpark. You know, they have, they're a little different. Like you said, it, we build a running back room, a lot of different shapes and sizes of running backs, bowling balls and long lean guys and sprinters and jitterbugs and you name it. They're all in that running back room and you kind of pick your poison from week to week. And we saw Ohio State run through all the poison last week and give everybody everything they have. Dan, I got it real quick. I, I think when I was talking about the, the running backs, I think I might have said Donovan Jackson. It's Donovan Johnson, of course. Um, and he is originally from Georgia. Uh, was one of the top running backs in the country when he was in high school in Georgia. He's now at IMD, but he likes Ohio State a lot. It's Donovan Johnson at IMG now. And then I also should mention Byron Lewis from Florida. He was up here at Ohio State at camp this summer. He's coming back at some point, probably not in the too distant future. Byron Lewis likes Ohio State a lot as well. They are in on some good dudes. And, you know, running back recruiting is also one of those Let's see how it falls down at the very, very end. Let's, lest we forget, Mayan Williams was going to be an Iowa State cyclone 
and probably 30 pounds heavier before he came to Ohio State. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com ebay motors is here for the ride remember when you first saw the potential and then through some elbow grease fresh installs and a whole lot of love you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own look to your left look to your right it's official no one's got a ride like this there's nothing else that sounds like feels like or looks like the set of wheels in your garage With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. We, we, need to, we need to digress a little bit. When you're talking about running backs in the NFL and how they're devalued, it, it, they're not devalued in college. They're devalued in the NFL because they take such a beating after the first three or four years, the treads off the tire, and that second contract you usually pay for a skeleton who can't run anymore. Um this hasn't happened to kids out of high school. They don't have too many carries yet. They're not too beat up. They still are special. We're not paying them anything. So, you know, I agree. They are devalued in the NFL, and they have a problem there. But in, in college football, take all the Zeeks and all the Saquons you want because they're not going to hold out on you. They're just going to play. So I, as you said that, I'm like, yeah, that's true. And then I'm like, maybe not yet for us. So we get the, the good side of running back recruiting. We still get them before the NFL pounds them into submission. You only have so many carries in your body. Um, I'm telling you this, and I'll keep saying this as far as I go. Health, if we really got the real uh, health reports in college and pro football, there wouldn't be as much need for the other content because that really has so much to do with – I mean, if you told me right now, for a fact, Ohio State will not suffer an injury this year – I will guarantee they win the national championship. I'm serious about that. Ohio State would not suffer one injury in this football season. I will guarantee you they win the national championship. Go ahead, Mark. Yeah, I always try to quantify this. Maybe it's for gambling and other things like injuries. When someone says they got a bad leg or a bad knee, but they're going to play. Have you ever had a bad leg or a bad arm or a bad wrist and tried to golf and how it takes away from your game. You're always wincing. You're always kind of favoring it. You're you're not the Superman that you are when you're fresh. I mean, I, I know what I'm like when I'm fresh and I feel great and everything's working and I got all the Tylenol and Advil in me and I can swing the club. And I know what it's like when I take that first swing of the day and I can't warm up. So when you have a team that's injured and beat up, yeah, all your stars are out there, but they're playing at 70%, 80%. And you, you, you tell yourself a lie, 80% of this guy is better than 100% of another guy. And I don't know how you quantify that still. I really don't because 
injuries are something that will drag your team down. And, and like you said, the press will never know. The fans won't know. The name's on the back of the jersey, but that's not the name you're, you're paying for. It's so true. Like, if you ever talk to a coach a month after the season is over, they'll lay it out for you and tell you the truth. Well, we couldn't do this because, you know, this guy was in the tub all week and we our offense was based on getting it to him and blah, blah. That's just how it goes, man. For any level of athletics at any spot, I can tell you Denison's Division Three basketball team is sometimes determined by one dude's ankle. So trust me, it's a big deal, and you think about it a lot. Now, speaking of other things we think about a lot, recruiting. Here they come, Bill, the questions. If you could let us know who these guys are, as Mika Hanna is a vet of recruiting and knows better than the rest. Mika Hanna asks, I heard we are in on Ernest Willerwar. Is that true? And do you think we offer Dominic Kirks William? Yeah, uh, I did a uh, an item on Ernest Willer, I don't know, probably a week or so ago. And High State is in contact with him. He is a defensive lineman. I think he's more of a defensive lineman, interior guy. But he could possibly play outside on the perimeter. Uh, but he's a defensive lineman, defensive tackle, defensive end. Uh, he is... Um, uh, was at IMG last year, but he is headed back. He is back in Maryland this year for his senior season. High State has been in contact with him. And uh, he told me about a week ago that he would likely make an official visit to Ohio State. So, yeah, uh, he is on the board, on the radar screen as a possibility. As far as Dominique Kirks, uh, Mark can offer his opinion on this too because he's very familiar with Dominique Kirks. Uh, my gut feeling right now is that they don't offer him, but it wouldn't shock me. I saw Dominique play in person uh, last season. Thought he did a nice job. I saw him play against Wooster. Um, that was the night that uh, uh, Bo Jackson, their teammates at Cleveland St. Joe, Villa St. Joe, uh, Bo Jackson, again, was battling the injuries a little bit and didn't play a tremendous amount, but Dominique Kirks did that night and did a pretty good job. But uh, again, I think that uh, Ohio State will, will keep him on the radar screen, but I don't know that, I, that I'm sold that they're going to offer him a scholarship. We'll see how he does this season. We will give this to Marcus Porter. Dante Scarfo. Asking an offensive line question, it means me immediately makes me think of Dante Scarnecchia. I don't know why. What would you say is harder for an offensive line to work through during this next season? Run blocking for a talented running back room or pass blocking, by the way, for a talented receiver room? What do you think, Mark? You know, I, I, I've coached so line and, you know, I've played college football and I've watched so line develop. The run blocking sometimes comes more natural. Coming off the ball and moving people off the ball, uh, that kick-stepping backwards and having your momentum going backwards with with the true rusher. You know, there's a lot of uh, fat, slow defensive linemen that just kind of bump into you and you just kind of bump bellies together and try to anchor them down. That, that's not pass rushing to me. That's, you know, interior, you know, push. Those tackles on the edge, that's where all the money's made. And – if you ask me what the hardest skill is or, or why are you drafting and taking guys like Devontae Armstrong and Deontay Armstrong, it's because you need elite feet on that edge. And it's very rare that, that people can do that. And if they do, they get paid $20 million a year to do it. 
Um, so I think the pass blocking is the the thing. I think the run blocking, what's nice is when you said, do we have some talented running backs? Just get a body on a body. Just get your body on their body, and those running backs will make the cut, find the hole. Even if you push them to the wrong hole, I think we have guys that are that special that just give those guys a crack. So, yeah, a little long-winded there, but the run blocking usually comes first. The elite edge pass blocking is where you'd spend – where coaches pull their hair out. Yeah, generally speaking, the big, strong, tough guys want to punch you in the face and go forward, not dance with another bear. So, less skill involved. All right. The the fist, 501st. I have a feeling I don't want to mess with those dudes. Um, let's go, Buckeyes. Dan, will Ohio State's offense prioritize running the ball this season? That team, that team up north came out saying they planned – to beat the other team down by running the ball down their throat. What do you think? I do think they will emphasize their running game a little bit more this year for no other reason. They're going to be healthier at running back. If you guys remember last year, it wasn't just the semifinals. Every week we were checking the, you know, the list to see who could play. Mayan was in one week, out the next. Trey was in one week and out the next. So I think you'll have a more, uh, complete room. Also, Evan Pryor will be around. We don't know what he's up to after uh, the year he spent on the shelf last year with the knee injury. The question's the offensive line. Obviously, a new group on the outside and at center. I do think they'll run the ball more, and I think you could obviously see them run the ball, like Mark said, because it's harder a little bit more early on to kind of establish the group. Obviously, if you're coming to defend the Buckeyes, you're going to get a lot of safety help. So uh, I imagine they will use that to their advantage. To me, running the ball is relatively simple. Can you get the safety out of the box or not? And if you can, you win. And if you can't, you don't. Um, That's pretty much how it works. We overcomplicate the running the ball with schemes, and and I get all that. But if they can't can't block with their five – uh, they'll have some issues. Anyone want to comment on that? Mark, I see you trying to jump in there. Yeah, like uh, we know last year that the running game kind of dwindled. You know, like as we ran out of running backs, we kind of went another way. So by default, it's going to be impossible to run the ball less. So you're going to see more running of the ball. Uh, and, and what you were talking about is what I want to say. With Marvin Harrison standing out there and Ameka and these other guys, you're not going to see eight in the box. It's just not something the Ohio State offensive line has to do with. We, we're in three wide receiver uh, sets. We're spreading you out. So if we can't block, it is truly a deficiency because we're trying to block a seven-man front, which is fair football. Uh, and a lot of times, Ohio State's pretty good about scheming and getting a plus one. And if you know what that means, they just get an extra blocker over to the front side where you know they do have an extra blocker at the point of the attack or they may be one man strong or a double team strong there. So – the, their O-line has no excuses not to produce this year with the fresh running back room. And I'm, I know I'm being critical a little bit here, but, yeah, I think after last year we saw about as bad of a running game finishing up the year as you could, and it almost went exclusively passing game. But how do you – you know, as you say running game, how do you go away from the receivers in the passing game? Jeez. And it, it, it's truly what Ohio State should be, balance. You do this, we do that. You do that, we do this, and you can't ever be right, and we always be right. Makes it easier for a first-year starter at quarterback, certainly when you're making the one basic read and um, 
yeah, I do think they'll run the ball much better this year. Just got to stay healthy at running back for sure. Um, Travion Henderson is a thoroughbred, but guys who uh, rely on their speed got to have them healthy. Got to have their legs healthy. Jordan, cute picture there. Could you ask Dean and the Grand Poobah how many recruits they think Ohio State will finish with in the 2024 class? The Grand Poobah, of course, being Mark Porter and Bill Sykes because he named them and is trying to take credit for it long term. He's thinking about getting a tattoo. But <laughs> this used to be the most popular question we would ever get on any recruiting situation. That has sort of dwindled over the past I don't know, five or six years when that number has become, let's say, a moving target. But, Bill, for the classic recruiting lovers, give us a number, and uh, it usually tends to be in the 20 to 26 range. Yeah, they got uh, they got number 20 the other day with Jeremiah McClellan, so they're at 20 right now. Um, at one point, if everything fell right, it looked like they might hit 25, 26 even, maybe even 27, if everything fell exactly right. Um, obviously, Dylan Stewart going to South Carolina, uh, Kingston going to Notre Dame, you know, that those ones didn't fall right for the Buckeyes. So, you know, I think now we're looking at more along the lines of 23, 24, maybe 25 if everything falls right again from where they're at now. But I would say 23 or 24 right now. Yeah. I, I, I almost said, like Dan was saying, I, that 85-man um, scholarship limit, what's, what's the big deal? Like, I wish I knew what the tuition was to Ohio State off the top of my head. I'm sure someone does. Room and board is X. Uh, whatever that number is, I'm sure it's well known by every player in Ohio State. Just give me a check for that, and I have my scholarship. And I think the worrying about this 85-man count is just not something we worry about anymore because, yeah, we'll put you on scholarship. I mean, unless you're uh, one of those guys that I need to say I'm on scholarship because I want to have some ego. But, hey, give me the whatever thousands a year it is, and I'll pay my own tuition, and we can call it even, and you can say whatever you want. So, yeah, I, I wouldn't get worried about scholarship count anymore, and especially not at places that have NIL funds where it's not a biggie. Also, I might uh, – talking about Scott, on Saturday I posted a story um, on a player that's going to Ohio State in the 2024 class, and people don't necessarily think it's a big deal because it's a long snapper. But getting to Mark's point about scholarships, Morrow Evans uh, is a 2024 player. He announced his commitment to Ohio State on Saturday. I had a story. I had quotes from his coach about him and all. Uh, number one long snapper in the country. And again, you know, people think, oh, big deal. But it is a big deal if something goes wrong. Um, you know, if you don't get that snap back there quickly and on target and all, and you don't make that extra point or the game-winning field goal, it's a big deal. Or if you uh, miss a uh, punt, uh, a fake punt call like happened to Ohio State, it's a big deal. So they got the long, number one long snapper in the country committed to the 2024 class, and it's not known exactly when he's going to go on scholarship. He is going to be a scholarship player at Ohio State eventually. It could be sooner. It could be later. It could be a gray shirt. Um, part of it will depend on when a scholarship is open and that type of thing, but you can do that too. You can kind of uh, play around with things of when you put somebody on scholarship and 
uh, Morrow Evans will eventually be a scholarship player, just a matter of when. At, at the risk of being Cliff Clavin and digressing and a little known fact, I was a long snapper in college. And <laughs> I played for a team that I think at the time had the most punts ever in an 11-game year because we were one of the worst teams in the country. I was also on the kickoff return team setting the wedge, and we got scored on more than anybody. So I did a lot of kickoff returning and, and snapping. And you said it, that snapping position, you, no one knows it. No one ever knows I did it and probably until I just brought it up. But, boy, you have a bad snapper. You have a snapper that's not good. You'll know who he is. You know, you'll curse his name to the day, you know, he gets off the field. So uh, I'm, I'm pro long snapper, and I can't believe – that the number one long snapper in the country can sign and it just goes under the radar at Ohio State. Like, yeah, no big deal. Uh, that That is a very uh, low-key, big-time sign. Something that sleep well at night because we don't worry about stupid uh, field goal snaps or punt snaps. We just consider them automatic. All right, here we go. And I know people know I talk about my son too much, but my son was the youth league quarterback coming up. And the reason we were competitive over other teams at Oakwood, I like to say the mean streets of Oakwood, because if you can make it here, you can make it not many other places. Uh, our center was awesome. We ran the shotgun in third grade and never dropped a snap. He is now the long snapper at Eastern Kentucky. He went there, battled his way. His name is Jonathan Duff. I was thinking about him yesterday. He went there and battled his ass off as a walk-on. Uh, not a big dude. He's probably now just a 210 maybe. And now he is their long snapper. And like you said, if you want to know who the long snapper is, go Google the name Trey Junkin. Okay. Trey yeah. Junkin was one of the long, uh, best long snappers in NFL history, was retired, came back for one game for the Giants and messed up the snap or with the 49ers and lost them the season. I think it was the 49ers. Okay. Yeah. And it was yep. that game where there was an interference in the end zone and Eli Manning was involved. But listen, uh, it's a big deal. And also, I will say this, greatest nickname in sports, Ethan Albright was a redheaded dude on the Redskins for 11 years. And his nickname, the Red Snapper. Um, can't, get be can't get better than that. All right. That is a major friggin' digression right there. Boy, so, I'm sorry I brought that one that's on. All right. but <laughs> long snappers um, everywhere are appreciating it. We deserve some love. Okay, here we go. <laughs> da, da, da. Yeah, we're getting some agreement here. Real hardcore football nerds like me. Yeah, brass taxes on it. Um I should not have brought up Oakwood because now all our all our uh, fans, and I use that in quotes, people are taking shots at me here. Um, okay. Let's get your thoughts on this. Ryan Day met with the media yesterday and did not name a starting quarterback. Uh, Dave and I discussed it. Dave thought there was a chance. And now you're starting to hear a little Devin Brown chatter. I don't know if that's accurate. Um, tends to be day by day. What do you guys think about this? Do you think it's an issue who he starts at quarterback? Uh, Kyle McCord or Devin Brown, what do you feel like? I mean, are we headed for a two-quarterback system in which, uh, you know, if you have two quarterbacks, you have none? Bill, what do you think? You know, it's kind of interesting. I was talking to a um, person at Ohio State on Saturday, 
and you know they had their uh, scrimmage Saturday and, and some other activities this weekend. And uh, I brought up the possibility of I of Ohio State. You know, Indiana that's not a gimme. You know, that's I certainly think Ohio State's going to win fairly handily, but it's not like they're playing uh, Youngstown State the second game or the third game. You know, they've got two or three games there where. You know, realistically, there's no chance Ohio State's going to be uh, defeated or even close. So depending on how things go on that first game, and I think the first game, the starting first snap is going to be Kyle McCord. But I said I I wouldn't be shocked if they did something where a little bit like, uh, dare I say it, Harbaugh did, is they test out the quarterbacks in those first few games and then decide who the guy is that they want. It ended up being J.J. McCarthy of Michigan. But I said I wouldn't be totally shocked if that happened. And the person agreed with me that I was talking to that was at Ohio State this weekend. So they wouldn't be surprised at all if that happened either. So, you know, I, I, I don't rule that out. I just think Kyle McCord will take the first snap and we'll see how it goes from there. And I think Devin Brown will also get his shot as well because the games that they have at the beginning of the season, those guys can get their shots. Mark, you get the last word. Yeah, uh, having not seen those guys, just common sense, it's either really good that it's tied or it's really bad that it's tied. Because if one of them had it, it'd be over and we'd know. So you either have two really good guys, okay? But I like what Bill's saying. And I and let's be honest, the first couple of games are scrimmages. And college football should have scrimmages. Every other level has some preseason or ways to test your guys out. You kind of test it against your own players. Yeah, why not use those first couple of games like Harbaugh's done and, and figure out who you have and, and know. What's the matter with knowing? What's the matter with getting the biggest sample size possible and saying, you know what, we've graded these guys for two, three games, all the practice, and here it is. And, and then you, you kind of walk forward in confidence because if it is such a tight race, you know what's happening. One day it's this guy, one day it's this guy. One day the guy you love comes out and lays an egg, and then the one day the guy you think you don't like comes out and looks like Superman. And that must be what's happening. And then is it good or is it bad? We don't know. But, uh, Bill, I think, yeah, take those first couple of games and rotate these guys and, and let it come out in the wash. If we are going to uh, give out the benefit of the doubt on anything, I will give it to Ryan Day and the way he deals with quarterbacks. Um. We don't know more than Ryan Day and Corey Dennis about quarterbacks. We don't see him every day. This is one of those times we just need to sit back and let Ryan Day do his gig, and uh, they'll be fine in the end. I hope everyone enjoyed the show. Have a good one, Bucknutters. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. 
We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 